runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 272 with guest Steve Goodman, recorded Tuesday, July 3rd, 2012. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon, and thank you for listening to Run As Radio. I'm your host, Richard Campbell, and with me today is Steve Goodman a freshly minted exchange MVP, Steve Goodman, who works as a technical architect for one of the UK's leading Microsoft Gold partners working on the design and delivery of Exchange, Link, and Office 365-related solutions for enterprise customers throughout the UK. Steve has worked in the IT industry for around 14 years and first got his hands dirty with Microsoft Exchange starting in version 5.5 and working with each subsequent version, as well as working as a consultant. Steve is a Microsoft certified trainer, author of the book, iPhone for Exchange 2010 Business Integration and Deployment, co-hosts the Exchange and Link podcast, The UC Architects, and spends his spare time getting involved with the Exchange community via his blog and over the Microsoft TechNet forums. Welcome, Steve. Hello, how are you? I'm well, sir, and congratulations on your MVP. Or Were you renewed, or is this your first time? It's my first time, yes. Uh, I'm an MVP virgin. There you go. Well, yeah, enjoy, as we say to all the new ones, enjoy your MVP-ness. I will. I am so far, yes. My wife's very impressed. Uh, I had to yeah. tell her what it was. Yeah, and, and, yeah <laughs> now you got to figure out what it actually means. And, of course, the thing to do is you got to go to the MVP Summit in the spring next year. I'm already planning it. Yeah. I've already had some tips from uh, some other exchange MVPs on what to, what, what to look forward to. And I, as a guy who's roamed around the MVP world for a while, every team seems to treat their MVPs a little differently, too. So yeah. you know, I've never been an exchange MVP. I don't know what your experience is going to be like, but uh, congratulations nonetheless. I've, I've heard good things. Yeah, some teams really put them to work. You know, there's a lot to do. But uh, uh, living in the ASP.NET space for me, because I mostly talk about scaling stuff, it, it that's yeah. kind of an easy place to be an MVP. There's a couple of hundred of us so it's uh it's not it, everybody's different it's just the web really i think there's around about 90 uh 90 odd of us uh, around the world and uh, five in the, the uk where i'm based nice so uh, a fairly small group but uh, uh, uh it's quite an interesting bunch yeah always interesting characters you find amongst the mvps like smart people like to really know their stuff so what about the iPhone in Exchange? Do you get beyond just IMAP? What can you do? Well, there's content synchronization, uh, calendar synchronization, task synchronization, as well as email. And, of course, it's the main thing that people are looking for is that push email experience, right. uh, which ActiveSync brings uh, across a range of devices. Uh, but particularly, uh, it's a lot of businesses uh, have been looking to move from Blackberries to the iPhone. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is the real thing is I think we're losing traction with BlackBerry bit by bit. Phone 7, as much as I like mine, apparently I'm the only one. So <laughs> uh, There's a lot of people out there that like them. Yeah. And, but it's, it's not something that I would want to spend my own money on, but I'd right. love to have one to play with. Yeah. Well, and, and let's face it, you can't argue the iPhone's dominance. Yeah, it's, 
it, it's something for that business executive push, mm-hmm. and they want to have an iPad. It's nice. It's shiny, and that—that's it. He's looking for a good reason why you can put it into the business because they're going to want it anyway. Yeah. And my book is really about trying to look at how you can make sure that it goes in securely and you've planned your exchange environment properly. Well, that there, and you hit the you've you've hit the thing I've always been worried about is this device is not living in the domain. It's not managed the same way. How do I control mail? I control all of the exchange features in a, in a sensible way. Well, there is at the higher end of the scale, things like mobile device management, which especially if bring your own device and things like that and mm-hmm. allowing people to install apps is especially for large organizations, pretty, pretty much essential, uh, especially when we've got things like Facebook apps, LinkedIn apps that are taking things like the contents, uh, the, the contacts from the phone, storing them in their service. Right. And uh, so, it's a fast-moving market, and I think since I, I wrote the book earlier in the year, I'm I, especially for larger customers. I think mobile device management is going to be something that people really do have to consider. Uh, looking at what Exchange 15 brings as well to see whether that can have any features that are going to help administrators uh, try and protect the information so it can't be sucked out by apps into their services and used for data mining. Because at the end of the day, it's not the user isn't in a position where they can authorize that data to be sucked out from their phone, right? Uh, whether they own it or not, because it, it's probably company data. Uh, I opened up my LinkedIn app earlier and noticed that it's sucked in my calendar. Uh, that's not good. Wow. I manage my own calendar, uh, but I, you know, it's my personal one. But I don't want that in the in LinkedIn service. It's one of those things where people need to consider what the devices can and, uh, and can't do and what the user is going to end up uh, doing with it. Yeah, I think you've painted some classic scenarios there. Let's let's run with one of these, like the, the contact scenario. So my yeah. enterprise exchange, and I don't want it to be a big system. It doesn't need to be. So this is a little company, but we are running our own exchange because maybe we, you know, for whatever reason, we decided it's necessary. Uh, and we've got all of our customers' contact information in there. Uh, because that makes sure that everybody that's working in the organization knows how to get a hold of customers when necessary. And yeah. they, as soon as they sync that into their iPhone and then they add, like you said, the LinkedIn app, which I would actually say is a more credible app than most, it's going to go through those contacts and propagate them into LinkedIn. Yeah, which is similar to, to tools like the, the LinkedIn and uh, connector for uh, Outlook as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the key thing with that is to know that that's going to happen and plan accordingly. Right. So if it's organization-wide contacts, then they shouldn't be in everybody's personal contacts. They should perhaps be created as contacts in the global address list, right. uh, which is is likely to mitigate that somewhat. Uh, but it, it's still going to be people that you've emailed as well uh, that get automatically put into suggested contacts in right. 2010. Uh, so if that's likely to be a problem, prior planning looking at, at making sure that suggested contacts isn't used or, or assessing it and going, right, well, actually, you know, it's, it's not a big risk and it could actually be quite useful to us to be able to, to hook up with the people we deal with on a daily basis in LinkedIn and decide whether that is okay. And the smaller the, the company, the less of a risk it may be to, to do that. It's, it's something that can a decision can be made about 
But if it's a, a large organization, then they're going to have a, a different set of requirements. Uh, there's going to be a lot more stakeholders uh, that need input to be able to make that decision. Sure. Whether or not uh, they're going to have to switch off suggested contacts, move all these uh, organization contacts. Well, we get into the situation of, you know, what's an automatable policy and what's a policy that depends on the user to behave correctly. Yeah. Um, and in lieu of having uh, proper mobile device management solutions, uh, but there are things that you can do if you've got control over the end device as well mm-hmm. to restrict apps that users can install in the first place. Uh, so by using the tools that Apple or another Vendors provide that allow you to prevent them from installing apps, make sure that they they can't uh, use certain features on the phone. Uh, and hopefully in iOS 6, we'll see some more improvements in that area. Uh, one thing that, that's been mentioned is the ability to limit what apps can take, uh, for example, to restrict contacts and things like that right. from being given to, from apps being given apps access to them. Yeah, we're almost back. You know, we talk about the BlackBerry right off the bat. The whole thing that was great about the BlackBerry is that you issued the Blackberries. They were the company Blackberries. Yeah. As soon as we are trying to use our employees' device, they've got ownership rights there, and we're providing business data into it that we largely can't control. Well, just because it's an iPhone doesn't necessarily mean it's got to be an end user device. Right. Uh, It. You can restrict an exchange 2010 whether or not people can connect their own devices. Right. So you can quarantine devices and make sure that they're approved by IT before they're, uh, before users can synchronize contacts, mail, calendar, anything like that. Nice. They, can, they might be able to try and sync with exchange, but if they can't get any data from it until you've either talked to them about it and said, look, you've got to sign this policy that you're not going to allow apps that you install to use computer data or you can say right that's your own device you can't use that if you want an iphone then go through the proper channels and we'll purchase a, a business phone right. for you that can do that so we're back to the scenario of carrying two devices again except now it'll, instead of being a blackberry and an iphone it's two iphones yeah uh but the difference is you can if you want switch the work one off at the weekend yeah presumably yeah if we're allowed to have weekends off but you know exactly yeah <laughs> uh, I, uh, uh, the there's nothing better than switching my work phone off on a Friday evening, and then I don't have to think about work until Monday. I'm I'm with you on the there. There's an isolation strength to that too. It's the same way that I have a separate machine for software development, a separate machine for email, IM, Skype, all that stuff. So when I don't want to be interrupted, I just don't look at that machine. Exactly. Uh, they, they didn't call it Crackberries for nothing. <laughs> and you know, there's images of parents. Uh, pushing away the kids and going, no, I'm, I'm replying to work emails. Uh, and, uh, even when you can get them on your personal devices, it's, you know, just in general, it's worth making sure that you draw that line. Uh, sure. I, in my previous role, I was, uh, an, an IT manager, uh, looking after the, the service for a large organization. And I never switched off at all. Yep. Uh, I would, you know, I, I think I was in, uh, the Mediterranean last year, walking along the beach, replying to my colleagues' emails. And I made a decision in my new role that I don't need to do that, so I'm not going to do that. I could check my email, but uh, working the type of, of role I am now, I don't need to reply to emails when I'm on holiday because nothing I look after 
is going to set on fire or, or need uh, my expertise to, to fix while I'm not there. Right. Uh, and it was possibly the, the best holiday I'd ever had because I didn't have to think about work while I was away. It was actually a holiday. What a concept. Exactly, yeah. And that's one of those things that using all these mobile devices, having your email everywhere you go, you do lose a lot of your free time. Sure. And yeah, everyone has to, to check their emails in the evening. But you, you've got a choice of when to switch off. And if you do end up with two devices, it makes that choice a bit easier. Little, a little clearer, yeah. I, I, and I'm, I'm one of the folks that's still on the fence on the bring your own device to work uh, model, not only just from the technical perspective, but from that not being I- isolate work from life. Yeah. Uh, I've, I, I don't quite understand the benefit of it. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I would rather my company provide me a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to bring my own car. <laughs> Uh, so why would I want to go and buy my own laptop or go and buy my own phone yeah. when then they can buy it for me? Uh, instead, you know, especially if I've got uh, a choice, you know, there's a catalogue of devices I, I can pick from, all the better. Uh, but your average consumer, especially with things like laptops, can't go and buy the same quality equipment from their, their local PC shop. But uh, a large corporation can. Uh, uh, as you know, there's two types of Dell laptops. There's the consumer ones, which sure. are flimsy and wobbly, and the ones that are built for, for the road. Uh, it's not the same with things like iPhones uh, and Blackberries and Android devices, but there's still that, that fact that do you want to be paying your own phone bill and claiming it back? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a work style thing and a, and a question. You know, this really sort of leads us to this whole tablet conversation, too, because I mean, up until just recently, there was only the iPad. Yeah. And do the same rules essentially apply? It's the same operating system. Yeah. And so you can still do mail on your iPad, same sort of behaviors, same sort of controls? Exactly, yeah. It's running the same iOS operating system, the iPhone configuration utility, which for the smaller organization is most suitable for managing the devices is aimed at iPod Touch upwards, uh, iPod Touch, iPhone, and all the iPad. Uh, and it's the same apps for receiving mail. It uses the same protocols. That's the the, the difference, really, between uh, the Windows 8 line, which mm-hmm. is going to go from the desktop down to the tablet, down to the phone eventually, and where the, the Mac OS and iOS have that, that line drawn yeah. at, uh, at the iPad. As, that's as far as it goes. I think the jury's still out on whether or not. I mean, obviously, WinPhone eight is running the same kernel now as uh, Windows eight. So when that all comes to be, is that a better solution than what the Apple direction with a a lighter weight OS coming up and a heavier weight OS above? I don't know. I I would like to see what the management is like, uh, especially compared to what what Service Pack one for. System Center config manager is going to bring yeah. to, to, to Macs and devices like that. Uh, so it, it, it's worth it, it's worth waiting and, and seeing, especially, especially when it comes to tablets. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to be going and kitting out uh, a big organization-wide sales team with iPads today, knowing Win8 around the corner. Yeah. And if you're going to buy Win8 tablets, then what what are you going to put in the hands of your, your users? It makes sense to standardize, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, suddenly the choices are much more complicated there. It's hard to know which mm. one to do. Uh, I mean, it was only a, a few months ago that I was talking to a, a large car manufacturer in the UK. Mm-hmm. And the, the first thing I said was, you know when A is around the corner. Yeah. Why, why just, if you don't need to do it now, I know it's just a pilot, but if you don't need to do it now, why not wait a few months? Wait, have, have, a, have a go with it while it's in beta. Uh, when the first sort of tablets that you can get your hands on come out, try it out and, and see, because the sort of applications that they wanted to use were, were really looking at replacing uh, laptops. The options for iPads don't give uh, a parity of, of functionality in any sort of way. Sure. Uh, there are make-do, there's apps that can access SharePoint, and then you can get another app that can open the document, edit it, uh, but it's it, it's not going to be the same experience that they're used to, especially when they're, they're relying on custom apps that they've developed as well. I've certainly seen this in the space like the, the OneNote app for the iPhone just yeah. is in a patch on the OneNote app that's on uh, Phone 7, or much less the client actually in the PC. Like it, just because they call it a OneNote client doesn't mean it's the same thing. Well, it was, it, it was interesting that Microsoft never bought Office out uh, for iOS because it was rumored at one point yeah. that they were going to. And the, 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 the customer I, I was at, it was a, a week before people thought they might announce it. And they said, if they announce it, well, we're definitely doing this then. And perhaps if they had, Surface wouldn't be such a, an appealing prospect yeah. because that's the, the killer application, Office. Yeah, well, and therein lies the question: Did they have they done it and held it, or have they not done it? Like we'll probably never know. No, we can we can speculate. Yeah, but it, it's it's probably a good move for everybody that they that they didn't. Yeah, because uh, I have a feeling people would kick themselves when they're messing win eight on tablets. Uh, it's to me, it doesn't feel like a consumer device. It hasn't got that retina display. Yeah. But I still want one. <laughs> True enough. Hey, talk to me a bit about the iPhone working with Office 365. Is there really any difference between that and an on-prem exchange? Not really, no. Uh, certain things aren't quite the same, mm-hmm. uh, especially with certificate authentication. Uh, uh, but it's, in, in general, it's the same platform. Exchange, uh, 2010 is on-premise and online. You can move users between the two, and it's not supposed to be very different. Uh, it's it's the same sort of setup. It's the same basic device management. Uh, on, on the upper scale, when you've got mobile device management solutions, they don't care if, if the mail, contacts, and calendars are coming from Office 365 or an on-premise solution, especially if it's one of the, the types that is, is just managing the device rather than uh, a type that is acting as a, an intermediary for, for the email itself. And are you talking about a third-party product when it comes to mobile device uh, management, or are you talking about Microsoft? Uh, I'm, I'm talking about the, the various... Uh, so GoodMail, for example, is, is one that does the whole mail solution, and then you've got uh, a variety of other vendors out there. Yeah. But Providing the, the whole sort of package uh, and BlackBerry, is, I think, is going to end up in that space as well. Uh, they've recently uh, started betaing their uh, device management software uh, that can manage all devices, and 
they're likely to be a big player, especially for Blackberry shops that are moving across. Are we just all going to abandon Blackberry? Is this the end of the road for them? Uh, customers I deal with, yeah, they're abandoning Blackberry. Hmm. And, and the, I guess the question, it's not like the devices mysteriously just broke and stopped working. It's the, the, that users don't want to use it anymore. They want an iPhone. Uh, I think it's seeing what Exchange 2010 can do out of the box. Right. Uh, is, is useful. Uh, uh, an organization I'm dealing with, we're doing a, a cross-forest migration, and it's, it's <laughs> they're, they're going to be moving eventually to, to iPhones and iPads for uh, the end users. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't have that uh, at the moment uh, from, from the forest that they're moving to. And it's easy to move the blackberries across, but if they'd have had a swathe of, of active sync clients in the the source forest, it would have been a lot more complicated. Yeah, interesting. So uh, they, they, they might find it harder to move in the future, uh, with, especially without a device management solution. Uh, the bits that Microsoft provide are good enough, though, and I think that's the, the key thing for a lot of customers. They, their users want uh, things like the iPhone, Android devices. I mean, I, I, I keep mentioning iPhone, but most people have Android, and they want to use those. Hmm. They want to use them with Exchange, and they don't necessarily want Blackberries. It's, it's the old keyboard device. It was a, a few years ago. I think it's been brought up again and again. Yeah. That uh, Blackberry CEO at the time uh, didn't think that a phone with a touchscreen would take off. Yeah. Uh, and that held them back. Uh, but I've never been a Blackberry person myself. Uh, I'm not an expert in Blackberries, so. I don't think I'm qualified to say whether it's the end of the road for them. Yeah, that's fair. But you know, you brought up Android. Does Android have the same capabilities to connect with Exchange as an iPhone? Um, I think it's a bit of a scuffigan approach, and it depends on the vendor. Hmm. Uh, so most uh, phone manufacturers have slightly different imp- uh, implementations of ActiveSync right. on the Android devices, so you can't pick one Android device up and go, this has got the same that client on. Uh, you know, HTC One has got a different experience yeah. to uh, a Samsung device. Is it mostly the manufacturers involved in this or do the carriers impact it as well? I believe it's uh, the manufacturers. Okay. Well, and then, now you just define the problem with Android right up front, right? Depends on which device is the what behavior you're going to get. Yeah, so if you can standardize on, uh, you know, Galaxy S3 mm-hmm. uh, from Samsung, then you only have to support that one device. Right. But if you're saying any Android, then you're, you're likely to have more problems. Now, we're back to this, what, what we've called in other mobile conversations, the drawer of broken dreams, right? Do you have a drawer of the different phones you're trying to support, and you you keep testing the next phone and getting different results. Yeah. You go back to the drawer and try again, and it's just And her- that horrendous. reminds me of Windows Mobile 6 and below. Yeah, you're right, for exactly the same reasons. They did not but, control the platform enough. But for some organizations, that's why they can use Android, because that uh, the platform that they can develop on right. freely. Yeah. And there is a strength there. Exactly. I think it's a major strength, because there's tons of, of companies in different industries that have 
either brought in or developed applications that they might use on a factory floor mm -hmm. or with sales teams uh, going around the, the country having these mobile devices with it. They're hooking into central databases. And if they can't develop it for iPhone or Windows Phone 7 or above, then Android is really the only platform that they can choose right. uh, to easily develop in-house on and easily deploy to in the same way that they used to do it on Windows Phone 6.5 and below. Right. Uh, and I think that's really a, a big weakness in, in all the other platforms where they haven't really considered that easy development story. Well, and, it, and you get, you know, you're talking beyond just getting your phone working with Exchange. It is the custom apps that the organization wants to deploy to the device as well it, that changes the whole experience with a with a smart device like that. And my, my experience has been that there's one customer uh, who I'm, I'm doing some work for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And we talked about uh, what you do about Active Sync. And they said, well, we're going to be moving from what we've got at the moment with phone, uh, Windows Mobile. To, to Android. And I was like, what? Why? Hmm. And that, that's, that's the reason. The, the third party app that they use, uh, is only going to be developed in the future for Android. So that's made their decision for them. Right. But with all of the incumbent problems, they're going to probably want to centralize on a particular set of phones that have a particular yeah. set of behaviors, not just for the exchange connection, but also for the app itself. Because I've talked to lots of folks who are struggling to build Android apps that work across all the devices. Yes, exactly. Uh, and wasn't that one of the, the reasons that Adobe uh, are discontinuing Flash as well? Yes. Uh, so they're not going to allow new installations because they can't test it across all the new devices. Yeah, fragmentation has taken Flash out. You know, what jobs didn't do, fragmentation has done. Uh, but people like them, and uh, you know, consumers are making a choice. Yeah. Well, and anyway, yeah, we get back and forth on this whole thing. Are we really letting the consumer yeah. choose whatever they want to work in our organization, or are we going to start issuing again? You know, we are at a funny transition period here. I think it's, if you can, it's wise to, to standardize, yeah. but, but have a catalog. Like, if you are developing a service catalog for, for other services, this is one area where, if you can say you're going to support two different devices, iPhone and, and a particular Android, but, uh, both of which meet different user needs, then that's supportable. But giving them blanket choice of any Android device is, is likely to be a problem. You know, bringing your own device to work is almost an illusion. Or, I mean, what about just using web access on the phone? Uh, it's not great. Yeah. It's not a good experience. Uh, because for most devices, it's defaulting to Outlook Web App Lite, which is the lower quality version of Outlook Web App. It's the same as Exchange 2007, where it's basically a single HTML page. It doesn't have the rich Ajax features. Right. And it's not that they won't work on modern de mobile device browsers. It's just that they're, one, not tested by Microsoft, yeah. and two, they're not really that touch-friendly. Uh, so Outlook Web App 2010 has right-click functionality. You use it like you use desktop Outlook. Yeah. And that doesn't really translate to on, the phone. Uh, a mobile device. Yeah, it sounds like Exchange 15 is going to be quite different to try and anticipate all of these changes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that brings. 
be definitely a more I'm hoping for, and I have no inside knowledge here at all. The exchange team doesn't talk to me. I'm not an MVP. <laughs> uh, touch, better touch, especially on the web client. Uh, I'm just working on my 2010 OWA on a touch computer up in the kitchen, which is a yeah. you know big touch smart. Just painful, you know, like not, not an easy, not, A, that's not good touch. And B, that's not a client bill for touch. Uh, but no. starting to recognize these other advanced devices just to treat them well. I think it's something that they, they should be doing. Uh, I think I have to be careful what I say. I, I used to be in the TAP program at the beginning of yep. Exchange 15. Yeah, so you 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 are allowed to say I can't talk about this, but <laughs> it's that's fair. <laughs> I'm, you not, know? I'm not going to talk about anything, but but I think it's worth having a look at, at what people at Mary J Foley have, have written. Sure, uh, I don't think all of that that you know I, I don't know what's what has made the cut or what didn't make the cut. Yeah, uh, or, or at this point because it was a few months ago, what's right and what's wrong? But it's it's definitely worth having a look at all the different rumors and, and uh, crossing your fingers for whichever one's your favorite yeah remember when we thought that mail was mature <laughs> or going away yeah what are they going to build for a new version of exchange it's done well now we've seen them you know running hither and yon that the platform shifting from under them the client platform and we're going to have to build a different version of exchange to support what we want to do uh, i think google have have helped to push Microsoft on a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I felt like Service Pack One for Exchange 2010 uh, was probably influenced by the, the growing market share of Google Apps. Yeah. If you looked at Exchange 2010 RTM, it it, it feels now more like Exchange 2007. Yeah. A, a bit of cross browser. Uh, they. They made a, a big effort with that, and I, I would like to see, so, you know, them continue to really try and be better. Uh, Google haven't really innovated Gmail over the last no. few years in the, the, the way that I hope they would, because uh, if they did, then that works well for people that like Exchange, because, yep. you know, Microsoft is, is going to have to have something good to try and compete, especially in the Office 365 space. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're exactly right, Steve. The the Microsoft is so much better when they have a competitor. Yeah, and Zimbra hasn't turned out to be the competitor I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, so Zimbra, uh, a few years ago, I thought this is going to be the big, it, you know, it's not going to be uh, a, a one-horse show anymore, or whatever the right word for that is. Uh, it's it, it's going to be Zimbra versus Microsoft. Uh, on the exchange front, uh, and it, it just wasn't. Yeah, at all. went wrong uh, there. And Yahoo bought them and did nothing with them. Yeah, VMware bought them and still haven't done anything with them. Uh, not not in any way I see. I've seen them take bits of the technology uh, and use it elsewhere, but I. I expected to see something really great. I thought I was going to see an elastic cloud version of Zimbra that you uh, that automatically deploys itself on VMware and you can have running uh, in vCloud Director. Uh, a, a bit like when people build applications properly for uh, Amazon Web Services. 
Yeah, I, I I wonder how much the volume licensing agreement really impaired Zimbra adoption. Like, how can you, as an enterprise, spend money on a mail server when it's already part of your VLA alongside of Office and all your Windows licenses and SQL Server and so forth? Like, it's pretty tough to carve one technology out of that license. Well, there's a time when organizations go, okay, you know, we didn't buy this. Uh, it's, we're not automatically getting an upgrade. We bought the licenses outright. Yeah. And a, a lot, especially in, you know, the, the end of the sort of a thousand user type organizations don't have an enterprise agreement. Uh, and buying exchange and all the client access licenses and upgrading the Windows server cows mm-hmm. isn't cheap. No. Uh, and if uh, they're not going to Zimbra at that point, there's lots and lots of organizations now uh, moving to 2010 because it's such a stable platform. Yeah. Uh, and they're not making that choice to go to Zimbra and, and partners are, are trying to push it, uh, but not getting anywhere. Hmm. Uh, and that that's a pity because Zimbra's got some great features. Uh, I, I say it's a pity that people are moving to it because, again, uh, having a, a good, strong competitor uh, is, is good for someone like me who likes Exchange and wants to see really corny features in it. Uh, whether that's Microsoft copying what they're doing or coming up with something really good themselves. Yeah, I mean, we just outlined an opportunity there that somebody who could build a really great cloud-centric, touch-sensitive, mobile-knowledgeable email client and collaboration client is going to bring something new to the table that Exchange is still trying to do. And it doesn't seem like the Zimbra is focused on that at all. No, and given VMware calls itself a cloud company, there, I thought they did a more with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I I like VMware. I've been a, a, a VCP for, for years. Yep. They've created the space. You know, without them, the cloud would not be. You know, they, there's there's a lot we can lay at VMware Suite. They've done some great things. I don't know that they get client uh, in general. I don't know that uh, they, that maybe Zimbra made a lot of sense for them. But you know, it is what it is. Well, yeah, and and yeah, you, you don't want them to become the next Novell. No. No, but you don't want to become uh, the next Oracle either. <laughs> oh, did no, I say that out loud? Good. That's a shame. Uh, oh, dear. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've got a little bit of Oracle experience. Oracle yep. I, I, I hate Oracle. I really do. Apparently, you're not <laughs> alone. Not, not necessarily as a company. Well, actually, yeah. (laughs) In a previous life as a Solaris admin as as well as a a few other things, uh, when all those contracts went over to Oracle contracts and we lost all that great support. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. I I don't think I'll ever forgive them. No. Well, I think we better call that a show, Steve. Uh, we, I think we went a little far off topic, but that's all right. I enjoyed talking with you. And uh, great thoughts around what's happening in the mobile bail space. Yeah, we didn't go too far off topic. No, no. Know, we, so. we, we've, we went to Android, but th- this is the, the thing. I, I've written a book that is maybe a, a, an exchange, an active sync book that's focused on iPhones. Uh, it's not... It, it's not meant to be a book that you read and you go, okay, I can only do iPhones. Yeah. It's because you can't, you can't have, uh, definitions for every single policy for every single device, as we really covered with Android, uh, and trying to focus on, on doing one thing well, uh, is, is I, I thought was a good approach. 
Well, and, and you're right. It sounds like the practices that make an iPhone work well with Exchange are going to help with certain versions of Android or really any other smart device that can deal with ActiveSync. Yeah, uh, and the, the first part of the book is really focused on making sure that you've got a solid environment to start with and showing you what Office 365 can do. For sure. Because you might not need to, to build an Exchange environment at all. Yep. I mean, that's that's a whole other conversation. Exactly, yes. Steve Goodman, thanks so much for talking to me. And thanks for having me on. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio.